0: Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. The Washington Report. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. Elliot Dank, and Timothy Goh, and Chua Tian Tian with you. Time now to take a look at headlines out of the United States where the U.S. China semiconductor competition has entered new territory. Well, this is the latest in a series of measures aimed at blunting China's access
1: to technologies that could undermine U.S. national security.
0: Yeah. How far-reaching are these U.S. tech curbs, and will it be the end of the road for better ties with China? Let's find out more. On the line with us is Steve Oken, Sr. Advisor, McLarty Associates. Steve, good afternoon. How are you?
2: I'm great. I'm actually in Bali, so even greater than normal. Wow. Envious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hope it's not raining there in Bali. All right, Steve, let's have a look at the new curbs that were announced by the U.S. targeting China. How do you think, uh, what kind of an impact will this have?
2: Well, uh, still a little bit too soon to tell, but what the U.S. is trying to do is to prevent American know-how when it comes to the key sectors of of the 21st century, which are the three they're looking at, quantum computing, semiconductors, and AI, from getting U.S. investment that will advance Chinese military interest, um, that will allow China to violate human rights, which the U.S. views both as against U.S. national security. So the U.S. is trying to de-risk its investment from those three sectors for those reasons, and they're trying to be narrow, but we'll see what
0: happens. Steve, I mean, in recent weeks we keep talking about the relationship between the U.S. and China, and then you've got this piece of news, so I guess you can be friends with the United States, terms and conditions, apply.
2: Well, I think that's true always and and just about for everybody. Um, But what the U.S. is trying to do here is to say we don't want to decouple from China, or maybe recognizing that it can't decouple from China, but that it doesn't mean it shouldn't de-risk from China. Now, the question, of course, will be, do the Chinese see the distinction between de-risking and decoupling? And if they don't, it is going to make relations worse when we thought they were on a better track. So there's two things to watch. One, what is China's reaction, which we haven't seen yet? And two, this is just a proposal from the U.S. The U.S. has said they're gonna do this, but they haven't said how. So how is the U.S. gonna do this? So we have to watch both of those things.
1: Okay, then the U.S. Commerce Chief, Gina Raimondo, is also heading to China. Uh, what kind of a what are we expecting there? What kind of a message is this sending with all this proposal?
2: Well, I mean, I think that's what the U.S. is trying to do. The, the U.S. is trying to say that um, we have three Cs when it comes to China. We can. Um, confront China where we need to confront them, such as on national security. We can compete with China so long as it's on a level playing field, Um, and and such as when we're looking at maybe agriculture or personal goods. And then we want to collaborate with China when it's in both of our national interests to do so, and particularly that would be on the climate crisis. Now the question is, will China say, yes, we accept this U.S. model of having compete, confront, or cooperate, or the Chinese Chinese. If you're going to confront us in one area, you're going to confront us in all areas. Mm.
0: Uh, Steve, let's uh, move on to talk about the former U.S. President Donald Trump's election probe in Georgia. It's heading to a grand jury next week. So if he's charged, it should mark his fourth indictment in what, less than five months collecting <laughs> there. Um, how is he taking this one?
2: Well, I think he's seen this one about the same as the others. Uh, it'll be a witch hunt. It'll be prosecutorial misconduct. He's already called the the district attorney in Georgia, who is black, a racist for going after him as a white man. So we'll, uh, we'll expect all of the usuals. This one is going to be, they're all different. And this one is could be more troubling to him in in two ways. One, because you have him on the phone with the secretary of state of georgia saying go find me the vote that i need to win um and so i you don't get caught more much more red-handed than that even though the president said it, that was a perfect phone call of course um the second is that georgia has a very expansive conspiracy law it, it's 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 Uh, It's under what's called RICO, which is the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act. Mm -hmm. That was initially used to go after mobsters. But here you have a multi-person conspiracy with Donald Trump leading it, and all of those conspirators can get indicted. And what happens when you might have a dozen people indicted, um, they'll start to turn on one another, and of course they'll try and turn on the president, the former president, I should say. So this could be a real different legal jeopardy for him.
1: But, uh, you know, he's been calling this a political witch hunt, right? But with uh, even now, the uh, Reuters news is calling this, it's going to be a coronation for the Republican um, uh, primaries coming up with everyone else with single digits uh, in, in their polling. What kind of an effect will this have on President Trump's uh, nomination? It, it, he's using this to become uh, more popular?
2: Well, in terms of you know, like a U.S. politics term, you know, this Donald Trump sucks all the air out of the room. So everything that happens to him, good or bad, or what used to be bad, uh, like an indictment, um, just accrues to his benefit because it puts every other candidate has to talk about him, and and because he is Donald Trump is so popular amongst the Republicans that almost all of the the other people vying for the nomination, with a few exceptions, defend him, or at least don't challenge him, Um, or just talk about how this is the weaponization of the legal system against Donald Trump. And so no one else can break through. Uh, And certainly when he's got the popularity he has, every indictment just adds to the fact that you can't challenge him if you're a Republican. So it might help him in the short term, and it might hurt him and the Republicans in the long term.
0: Well, for sure, he's going to use this next piece as a bit of ammo. U.S. Attorney David Wise has been appointed as special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden, uh, who is, of course, the son of uh, the President Joe Biden. The investigation has been going on for five years, and now we have a special counsel. So what should we read into this, Steve?
2: Well, it's certainly a not good news for President Biden because... It does two things. One, it is going to put attention onto his son, uh, and you want people, if you're Joe Biden, you don't want to have to be out there defending your son. You want to be out there talking about your record as president, your vision for why you should have a second term. So it's bad politically uh, for for the president. Um, and, now it's, and, and the Republicans will use it, or will try to use it, to muddy the water, saying, look, everybody's dirty. Donald Trump was dirty. Joe Biden was dirty. They're all the same. So they try and make Donald Trump look less bad by equivocating this to what Hunter Biden did. Of course, they're two very different things. What Hunter Biden did, at least what we know so far, he took advantage of his last name. He took advantage of who his father was, and he presumably made millions of dollars off of his last name. You could say it's not right, you could say it's unethical, you may want to call it immoral, but nothing has shown that what he has done as it relates to his father is illegal. Now, whether the special counsel will be able to make that connection after no one's been able to make it after five years seems to be pretty doubtful, but that's where we are right now.
1: Good point you're making there. Uh, So now with both sides having legal problems, can the... Biden's side twist this around and make this into a positive thing just like what Donald Trump is doing with his own legal issues?
2: No I mean one I, I don't think that's what Democrats do <laughs> and, and I don't know what, what most Republicans do Donald Trump does it right um, but it's still th- this is a case against his son um, and what we, we, we presume because his son had it, it, it was going to plead guilty to violating tax laws. He was going to plead guilty to lying on the form. So when he went to buy a handgun, he had to claim he was not on drugs. When in his own book, he said he was on crack mm-hmm. at that time, which is a violation of the law. So, so the question is, Hunter Biden violated the law when it came to his acts. We, we certainly know that Hunter Biden took advantage of his last name, as of course the Trump children do too. It's not illegal to take advantage of your last name. What the Republicans are alleging is that there is a Biden crime family, and that what Hunter Biden did was to use his father, and then his father acted, presumably, to get benefits so that Hunter Biden would get money, and then that money would then go to Joe Biden. No one's ever been able to show that at all, yet... You are now going to have a special counsel who's going to continue to look for things and it's going to muddy the waters because Donald Trump doesn't talk about Hunter Biden. He talks about the Biden crime family. He tries to tie this to Joe Biden. And if he is successful in doing that, that is going to muddy the waters in the 2024 campaign.
0: Yeah. And it's an impossible task to get Americans to see the distinctions between the two cases
2: well that's that that's what the election will be about in some ways um and so that is that is going to be the job of of the biden campaign you know there there had been the presumption that Hunter Biden was going to enter into this plea agreement that this would have ended and that you would have been able to move on from it in the campaign. But now with the, the prosecutor becoming a special counsel, that gives, us, that gives him much more authority. He doesn't have to report to the attorney general. The special counsel can take a case not just in Delaware where the crime uh, presumably occurred, but he could take the case in California where Hunter Biden lived. He could take the case in Washington, D.C. where Hunter Biden um, was doing business. Um, so he has a lot more authority. It's going to muddy it all up, and that's what the Republicans want to have happen. Although, interestingly, the Republicans who are calling for the special counsel now say this person shouldn't be the special counsel, so it's never enough for them either. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs>
0: we've been speaking with Steve Oken, senior advisor, McLotty Associates. Uh, enough serious stuff, Steve. Go enjoy Bali,
2: yeah? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm going to go find the, the beach and, and maybe have a cocktail and watch the sunset.
1: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg.